0: I love my cheesy food, yeah. I love my cheesy food. I love my
1: cheesy food, yeah. Love cheesy food. I love my cheesy food. I love my cheesy food. I love my dear, yeah. This is better go on the um, outtake tape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, why not? <clears throat> I'll just add it as like the the cold open.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to the fifth quarter podcast brought to you by Podcast Central. And as always, Survival First Aid Kits, the world's leading provider of first aid kits for the workplace, home, vehicle, and outdoor activities. I am the whoa, we're second West Coast supporter, Brent. <laughs> and I'm here with the uh, emer- uh, I don't know, I guess, break glass in case of emergency, Essendon supporter, Ben. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. But yeah, a bit of a uh, in case of emergency, unleash the package.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, and unfortunately, I uh, I somehow gave my flu to Nathan, even though I haven't been in contact with him for three weeks. And uh, he's dying now, so it's just me and Ben tonight. Yeah,
0: we're so kind of like the a... yeah, we're kind of like the Collingwood football team in that when one goes. Uh, out another one comes in or no, when one comes in another one comes out you know it's just a revolving door of injuries and yeah
1: sickness. and just like just like Collingwood the most talented player <laughs> on our roster is on the bench There's not...
0: <laughs> thanks mate you really appreciate that
1: <laughs> so um haven't checked the does tiffing, that make me like...
0: um does that make me like someone like I don't know Pendlebury or something like that because I'm just constantly on the park
1: yeah I guess so Mr. Reliable yeah, mate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that makes me. Ben Reid, I guess. <laughs> oh,
0: dude, don't don't say yourself. Sure,
1: <laughs> so. the tipping, I uh, only just checked it because I've lost interest. Uh, um, <laughs> but we saw uh, Nathan actually won the day with eight of nine, joined by Vagona, Jobo, Raj, and yours truly with seven. Um, ben and Ash scored six. Justin, Michael, and Sexy Stone scored five, and the other two have given up. Yep. So Vergona's gap has closed to one, just Ooh. like the Jordan Footy Club. Yep,
0: yep He's yep, on yep, one hundred
1: and five. Yep. Nathan's on one hundred and four. Ben ninety nine. Raj is ninety
0: eight. Hey, I'm... you keep you stay away, Raj. I've got that third place all locked up.
1: And I'm only fifteen off the lead. So there's what, four rounds to go? So it's uh, it's possible.
0: Yeah. Like, like Port Adelaide making the eight, it is mathematically possible.
1: Yeah, it'd just be, you know, a, a garbage entry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you, you get in, but you go nowhere.
1: Yeah. So if you guys would like to, uh, it's probably too late to get in. You could get in on the fun, but you won't win anything. Um, but, you know, you can get yourself prepared for next year's tipping com. And you can sort of see how everyone's going. We've only had three perfect rounds, I believe, with bonus points. Round six only... had two people, and Jobbo's the only one who's done it twice.
0: Ooh, well done.
1: And he's, uh, he's four from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so he's consistent.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, consistently inconsistent. Um, yeah. yeah, well done, Jobbo.
1: Yeah, and speaking of uh, consistently inconsistent, I guess we'll get into our uh, heroes and villains for the week. Um, we may as well just cover Nathan's because we may not have to talk about it too much. Um, and yeah, consistently inconsistent, his villain is Adelaide, Adelaide Footy Club.
0: Yeah, I can who, see why. Uh,
1: yeah, I think everyone, especially Adelaide supporters, can definitely see why. They're. Um, I think they've won one of the last five and they very famously lost last week's carton. Yeah. Who uh, saw that coming? It's hard to tell what's going on at Adelaide because they'll drop Bryce Gibbs in and out whenever they feel like. Yep. Alex Keith was named as, oh, he was rested, but then he was the traveling emergency. They dropped Eddie Betts. And it's sort of. I feel like
0: they dropped Eddie Betts because people were telling them to drop Eddie Betts.
1: Yeah. Don Pike says they're not selection statements, but I mean, he it really hasn't been teams. in great form. He had the, the one good game against Gold Coast, but so does everyone. Yeah.
0: Well, um, hey, well, I mean, you know, nearly everyone. Sixteen nearly. out of the uh, seventeen teams that play Gold Coast have a good good team. Yeah. Good.
1: Nearly everyone has a good game.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's probably everyone's villain at the moment, especially tipping villains.
0: Yeah, uh, when it's the uh, only one you get wrong, Nathan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I've, I don't think I've ever got it. I think I've got it right once, and that was the West Coast game. Well, oh, there you go. I think they have got the exact opposite of every time. And yeah, his hero, feel- his uh, his hero is understandably three, Mr. three hundred games. Heath Shaw, absolute champion for uh, Shutter Collingwood Football Club, and and GWS. Yeah, and um, we are uh, joke well, not jokingly we. I guess amusingly shared the uh, sneaking up on Nick Revolt like a librarian in in the group chat that we have going on during the week. Yeah, uh, you know, memories. Said he, I think he was that his his hero for that moment alone. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> one of the best uh, grand final moments. A, a,
0: retro, a retroactive hero, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, do you want to go or do you want me to go?
0: No, I'll I'll go. I'll um cool. I'll let you stop talking for a bit. Um. Uh, hero for me this week because I now to catch up with anyone who may have missed last week's podcast. Brent, you did challenge me to make uh, an make an Essendon player a hero for every week throughout the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, it's, it's probably not as hard a challenge as I thought it would be. Yeah,
0: I mean, well, it's, yeah. Um, well, if they keep winning the way they do, um,
1: yeah. And this one was pretty sure. obvious.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was a toss up <laughs> between either. Sean McKernan or Jake Stringer. And I went with Jake Stringer because, again, in case of an emergency, you open the yeah. package. Yeah. Um, Seki's second, second half is absolutely outstanding, considering like, after the game, which was like, yeah, he was pretty cro- crook as well um, throughout the week. I'm like, oh, dude just pulled a Michael Jordan. Excellent. We have a <laughs> Michael Jordan on our team now. Hey, hey all right. We'll go with that. Um, does that mean we get six premierships as well? Um, yeah, just outstanding in the in the midfield. Um and in for like in the forward line. So he kicks four goals too. Um and then and is and in amongst all that is in the center square and getting clearances like it's nobody's business. Um I mean granted it was against against a, a Gold Coast side, but it was that midfield that was giving him first use uh of the ball um towards goal. So yeah,
1: like, and I mean, you could, for him to, you could downplay to use his it.
0: body to 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 do what he did um like that that goal with was it 36 seconds left in the game i mean that was a microcosm of what he was doing it was just being an absolute beast yeah. um which i haven't seen someone do in Aston colour since joe watson
1: yeah so you could sort of downplay it and say know. it was against against Gold Coast, but they were lost without him
0: yeah it's just, I mean, to be fair, we didn't have like we didn't have Heppel, we didn't have Fantasia, we didn't have Bell Chambers, we didn't have um, we still don't have Smith or Danaher for the rest of the season, um. So we needed someone, and Cole Langford was never going to be that someone to you know <laughs> yeah. really to really you know bring the boys into back into it. Um, Zach Merritt seemed to be relatively like not held, but he just wasn't being the game breaker that he needed to be. Yeah. Sean sure, McKernan was doing what he could, but he was in the forward line, um, as well as in the rock. And he was up against Jared Witts, who ended up getting like 60 odd hit outs.
1: As a beast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, credit to Gold Coast. They did actually try. Um, it was just that. And on the flip side, Essendon kind of, I think this is what they do. They get ahead of themselves and, yeah, thought that they had the game won before they even started playing, and
1: they didn't. Well, maybe, uh, maybe Gold Coast had the game won before they realised they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Because uh, coming last definitely wouldn't hurt their priority pick chances in any way.
0: No. They really should have laid down their arms, because then they would have... But, you the, know, the, the more, a, the more of it... a battering they get each and every week from here on out, the more justification there is. For a priority
1: pick, yeah. The more obvious it is that you're tanking as well. So, well, yeah, yeah stringers String- um just a, a super, super frustrating player. Uh, in parentheses, more on that later. Um, but yeah, he's always been that sort of burst player who is like Jordan DeGoe. You know, you wouldn't rely on him for the full two hour. Like, he's not a two hour workhorse. He's, um, but he's that game-breaker who can just do it all in 15 minutes and then the game's over. Exactly. So exactly. throwing him in the midfield in spurts like that, and uh, Buckley started doing it with Dagoe, I've noticed as well, rather than just trying to play him as a bull the whole game because he just doesn't – he's just not that kind of player. Throwing yeah. him in, yeah, breaking glass, <laughs> open the package in case of emergency seems to be uh, a pretty good, pretty good play
0: yeah I, I like that strategy uh, who who would have thought Wosher would actually have some sort of strategic coaching now <laughs>
1: um
0: my villain this week and I, again I think it's it's almost like the Adelaide villain is that it's everyone's villain and I, it, it's Dale Morris's body um in yeah. in in particular his knee uh which it looks like he's did is it, it been confirmed that he suffered another ACL?
1: Um, I can't I'm exactly sure, remember. Actually,
0: yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, either.
1: yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 he's getting a rico because he did it earlier in the year, and he just went on that diet of bone broth or whatever, and made I that know. miraculous comeback, and he's done it again. But yeah. it's probably likely his last game, which just sucks even more.
0: I, yeah, and it was such an innocuous way to do it as well. Like yeah, he's just he gone them. to like essentially just bent down to pick up the ball. Yeah. And his his leg must have just slightly twisted a little bit, or slightly pivoted, and it's just gone. It's,
1: it's yeah. I mean I think it was um Jimmy Bartello or Maddie Lloyd made the point on Monday. He played four games of it, full four four full games of AFL in the lead up to it. Yeah. It just sort sort of goes to show you that the extra ten percent Faster the AFL is makes all yep. the difference.
0: Yep. Yep. It's, and it does show you that, like, you do have to, like, you it's great when you have, like, the, the mental now for the game, but you've got to have, like, your body's got to be able to uh, have the capability to do it as well. Um, and, I mean, and, like, and only, like, different. 10% of the entire population is going to have that kind of a body.
1: 'Cause every yeah. other
0: body's just gonna break down.
1: Yeah, what well, it sucks is sort of been it's like Sean Burgoyne being so durable over such a long period of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's it's all over, you know? Yep. Yeah. But it's the I mean, six, so it's the
0: the body like when you get older, um, or you young whippersnappers out there who are listening, as you get older, it many you you really start to feel it, um, relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're playing AFL footy like you can be 34 and absolutely fine and then 35 you're like where did all of this pain come from yeah so yeah. yeah.
1: no one would have been happy with that
0: no no I, I, I when I because I wasn't I didn't watch the game live but I did hear about the the injury and I was like oh I, I my heart broke again I'm not even a Bulldogs supporter or a fan or anything like that they're just to me they're just another team but I do have a massive soft spot for Dale Morris and to see it happen again it was just like Dude, no, why
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Along with like the majority of the population.
1: Yep. Cool. Well I'll get into uh, I'll get into my heroes and villains. I actually wanted to um, share those stats with you that I prepared last week for my uh Clayton Oliver yes. Dom Sheet showdown. So you guys yes. weren't. So you guys did rattle a few of them off, but I'd like to. Uh, so Oliver had he scored five coaches' votes for the game. In 105 minutes, He had 34 disposals, 20 contested. He went at 50% by foot, had nine clearances, two from the center, and 357 meters gained, and totally went missing in the last quarter when the game needed winning thought I'd mention that. Yeah, Dom Sheed, like a do. who got eight coaches' votes in 97 minutes, had 34 disposals, so the same, 16 contested, 67% by foot. He also went 67% overall, so the perfect 67 by per hand and foot. He had huh. four clearances, two from the centre, and gained 653 metres and a little <laughs> bit of... Context to add to that. Melbourne won the hit-out count 56-21. to 21, And both gone and Pruce went at 33% hit-outs to advantage, yet Melbourne lost centre clearances. Mm-hmm. And Clayton had nine clearances and two from the centre. So he wasn't doing that great in the centre bounce where it's less congested.
0: So... You rattle off all of those stats and it kind of makes you think, were the selectors of the team of the week actually watching the same game?
1: Yeah, and I mean, watching the game, I thought Clayton Oliver was, you know, definitely wasn't the worst on ground. He was doing pretty well. But then you sort of look at Sheed had a better game and he rocked up in the last quarter as Oliver got yeah. shut down. But then no yeah. one talks about Tom Sheed's game, which is arguably You'd have to say at least as good. <laughs> oh so yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can't go on about one and not the other one.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all. It's just, yeah, no, it's a, I, I like that rant. It's a good rant. Yeah. It's, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, to me, that's objected, objectively sound. Like, Dom Sheed, like you said, either had as good or, if not a better game. I would say, I would argue, argue just to say that he had the better game simply because his team won. Had Dom Sheet not have done what he did, they probably wouldn't have won.
1: Yeah, exactly. And all so, that went missing in the last quarter and that's when exactly, West Coast won the game.
0: Exactly. And Dom Sheet kept doing what he was doing. So yep. there you go. Well, he is,
1: the, he is the GOAT, so it's an unfair comparison. but. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, right. Anyway, so my hero for this week, and probably a lot of people's hero, uh, I had a few that I was tossing out, but I decided to go with a guy who plays in a position that uh very rarely gets uh, a lot of a lot of attention I suppose and he even had the eyebrows raised on Friday night still in grimes eyebrows raised okay. talking about brownlow brownlow votes he's received none in his career and his game none. was that good that no, none he received 9 coaches votes for that game he was everywhere he stopped Everything Collingwood threw at him, and he even, yeah, he had commentators calling for Brownlow votes, but they know he won't get any because of where he plays.
0: I was going to say he's a defender, of course he doesn't yeah. get any Brownlow votes. But
1: and I Grimes, mean, saying... for so long, though, he's flown under the radar because of the other guy who normally plays next to him, then Alex Farns.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: And Grimes who, usually
0: who probably also doesn't have any Brownlow votes to his name,
1: because no,
0: he's a defender. Oh, he does no, have a few, because
1: he's the dashing, he, the dashing type.
0: Oh uh, of course, of course. So he's the exception yeah. that proves the rule. You got, if yeah. you're going to give brownlow votes to any defender, it might as well be Alex France, because oh, just look how good he is, and how good looking <laughs> he is.
1: Mm. Yeah, he's he's very handsome.
0: Vote yeah. to you. I don't know yeah. why I went so high pitched and feminine there. My apologies <laughs> to anyone I offended, but you
1: know, um, yeah, because he flies, because he, he plays second fiddle to Alex France. He normally has the shutdown do- job rather than the um the key intercept and counter-attack job. But yep. for how much fuss everyone made at the start of the season about how you can't replace Alex Rance, well, one, they're fourth, and two, everyone's looking up and like uh, taking notice of Dylan Grimes now. So yeah. one, one soldier out, one soldier in. That's one soldier in,
0: yeah. <laughs> It was funny because we like. I remember at the very start of the season, we were like, "Oh yeah, the whole one soldier out, one soldier in." But you know, this is Alex Rance, and this is Richmond. You know, this is not just a soldier. He's you know more like a ge- he's a general, and ha- you can't replace a general with just another, uh yeah, you know, yeah, or a a scrub order, or something. Yeah, like yeah. Sort of, yeah, but no, apparently you can, <laughs> or yeah, you just you can. or or the other player just promotes themselves to general and yeah. manages to yeah. do the exact same thing.
1: So survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my villain for the week is, um, uh, I guess, um, self-proclaimed in inverted commas, Kate, uh, freelance journalist Kate O'Halloran.
0: I like which, how you said. Um, in our little thing, meant that you know they were basically AKA just
1: a Twitter moron. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so to put it politely, you said
1: it, was, it was it was a pretty minor story because. Who the hell is K.O. Halloran? But, I had um, never
0: heard of her until you until you mentioned her. Yeah, in that I thing. neither, like, neither like had her. I, I Yeah, I neither had know.
1: her. Um, basically, she tried to call out Gary Lyon for um, calling Eleni... I don't know her last name. The, everyone knows Eleni, the female field umpire?
0: Uh, like Eleni Galifianakis? Something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, Eleni Galifianakis.
0: She... Um...
1: <laughs> She's not. She's not a great umpire, but none of them are. So hey, hey,
0: that's sexist. You know. Yeah, that. yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but there were Gary Lyon was questioning one of her decisions, and then he, he basically said, but Eleni said this, and then Kate, what's her face, tried to make out that Gary said oh, the lady, so he called him out on Twitter, copped, th- cop, copped. A hell of a lot of backlash. Some, a lot of it undeserving because it's Twitter and that people go too far.
0: I was gonna, you're but on social media,
1: you know. Yeah. She made an absolute moron of herself, hmm. and um, rightfully so. Gary Lyon was pretty pissed off, but he was. He also did say he was empathetic towards her. At the some of the backlash she got was a bit unnecessary, but. He basically summed it up perfectly, saying, "This is just someone wanting to be outraged by something, and it hasn't even happened anyway." So you you,
0: you mean there was there was there was a hint of outrage culture on social media? Shock, horror, gasp! Never would yeah, have been suspected.
1: So, super minor, but you know, take this as a lesson, kids. Don't be an idiot.
0: Yeah. Or, and, social- and at the same and at yeah, and at the same time, if you're going to, uh, you know, do something on social media. Make sure that whatever it is you're going to do, that you're willing to suffer any consequences from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like yeah.
0: if you're gonna if you're gonna call out one of the most prominent football commentators in the game, make sure you can back it up, and you're able to to cop any backlash yeah. that may come your way.
1: Well, I mean, you can criticize someone for saying something they actually said. Of, but he didn't even say it.
0: Of course you are. But that's what I mean. Make sure you can back it up. Back up your claims. Back, back, back it up. Um,
1: you got to back it up now. you got to back it up.
0: you up. got to back it up
1: week in, week out.
0: Yep. Back that fact up. Back that fact up, baby. No, I don't know Not what I'm doing. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. <Okay, anyways.
0: laughs> yeah. No, I'll take that.
1: Cool. Well... So yeah, mine, mine is pretty minor, but um, before we go any further, I thought I'd just um, remind you all about our wonderful affiliate Survival Emergency Solutions and their amazing first aid kits. So like we said earlier, they are the world's leading provider of first aid kits for the workplace, home vehicle and outdoor activities. So just like the Essendon Bombers, when things aren't going your way, you can break it open in case of an emergency and um, <laughs> you you'll be right.
0: Yeah, everything um, will be absolutely fine. Nothing ever the, uh, happened. Yeah.
1: They are after Jake Stringer the second most complete package <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and if you'd like to get in on some of that action, all you have to do is visit survivalfirstaidkits.net.au. Use the code fifth quarter at checkout to receive ten dollars off any order. And you can just uh you can make one order and do another one. And then do another one. And you can just keep doing it.
0: And, on, and, and, another, and, on, and, another, and another one. And another one. And another one. And just
1: like Simon Goodwin, you'll get the same result every time, except for success. <laughs> um so that was my that was my shocking uh ad read for survival. <laughs> so I guess we'll move into um we'll, we'll we'll move past that and we'll move into um our our captivating questions. If I've been listening to the podcast, I've got the order correct, I think. So <laughs> we're doing uh, read our redraft first.
0: Uh, no, we'll, we'll do the captivating questions first. I mean, it's, it's a, the order kind of just fluctuates from week to week. I think it just doesn't Whatever matter
1: like the time, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's for, like, like the AFL admin. Oh, does this work? Sure, why not?
1: Let's change it next week.
0: Yeah, let's. Yeah, so let's, unlike, let's, let's unlike, have heroes and villains at the end of the podcast.
1: Just, yeah, so yeah. unlike the um. The AFL administration. I we come up I come up with ideas all the time for the podcast, but I don't just implement them straight away. I am gonna wait till we've actually successfully completed a season. Yeah. And then just, and then we'll look at it. Yeah. And then maybe. Yeah.
0: We'll have a we'll have a bit of a, a team discussion, team meeting, you know, to, yeah. to see if this will work and then uh, maybe slowly implement it and just see if it works.
1: But yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. so um, have you got any for me, Big Fella?
0: Uh, I I do have one. Um, So you mentioned that, you know, Adelaide are are, are eighth, barely, hanging on by a thread. Um, Should they be so terrible in the next month of footy that they actually fall out of the eight? Who replaces them?
1: (laughs) We can look at the ladder real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It's too (laughs) tight go. They just change all the time.
0: Uh, bulldogs are ninth. Bulldogs they and had the, they had the same wins, but only uh, are off by percentage. Um,
1: bulldogs, you got uh, the bulldogs are the best of the bottom uh, ten. I was like, yeah. how many how many teams are there? Now? Bulldogs gonna, are by a mile the best of the bottom ten.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna kind of do a bit of a Nathan and just sort of rattle off the, those sort of those games uh, in the next mm-hmm. couple of next yeah. month. Yep. Because um, you got Adelaide versus St Kilda at Adelaide Oval, and, I win that. And Brisbane no, versus Bull, t- Brisbane versus Bulldogs at the Gabba.
1: Brisbane.
0: Now, but then you, but then you, have, <laughs> but then you have, but then you have, um, uh, where is it? Uh, you got West They've Coast. They've got at West
1: Adelaide. Coast here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then but Bulldogs have Essendon at Marvel. Bulldogs could very well win that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Adelaide versus Collingwood at Adelaide Oval, and. Uh, Bulldogs have, have the GWS. Giants. So they could both potentially lose that or even Bulldogs win that.
1: Yeah, but Carling with up. You know.
0: or, or like they could both win that. They could both lose that. Who yeah. knows? But here's the kicker the very last round
1: yeah, is Bulldogs
0: versus Adelaide. It's yeah. like whoever wins that could very well be in the eight. And if Bulldogs do actually make the eight, then all of a sudden that entire top eight
1: becomes I... very scary. If the top eight finishes how it is, I don't fear Essendon or Adelaide deep in finals. I would fear the Bulldogs. I so
0: hope you're wrong on at least one of them.
1: I would fear the Bulldogs more. But we've seen them do it, that's why.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I would fear the Bulldogs. And they're playing and they're playing that kind of footy to Warren, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. the playing that kind of to warrant that sort of uh, the 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 ability to go deep into September. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. So I've got a couple, and I wish Nathan was here because I'd love to hear his answer. So if Nathan, if you listen to this podcast, um yes. <laughs> give give us your answer. And anyone else would want to answer. Um, not not so much my first. I've got two. Um, my second one, I'm super keen on hearing everyone's opinion. Might have to chuck it up on the website when we're done. By website, I mean uh, Facebook. But so, my first one, Simon Goodwin. How much of a a pass does he get? Up to now, his coaching record is 31 31. Ooh. With finishes of ninth, fourth after finals. They finished fifth, but made a prelim.
0: Yeah.
1: And as it stands, they're 17th. They're absolutely dreadful (laughs) at the moment. Mm -hmm. And their midfield is exposed because Gone has not been super dominant if they're no good again next year, do you... Because he's only been there... This is his third season. Yep. If they're no good again next year, do you play the long game, like Richmond did with Dimmer? Do you pull the plug early, or is it simply a matter of the personnel they have?
0: I wouldn't have thought it's the personnel they have because they managed to make a prelim. With the same personnel,
1: yeah, but their team is not not balanced because they've traded out key forwards for defenders, so they don't have any key forwards. Yeah, yet.
0: that's true. And that's
1: their true. midfield is all the same player. Yeah, and I think that's the issue.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if they they would need to rectify that on the off season. If they don't, then there is some massive. Then it's a bit like the North Melbourne Brad Scott scenario. That. They've, they've gotten as good as they would ever get under that coach. And so now they need a new coach. Um, like you saw yeah. with Reshaw You just
1: wouldn't want them They, to w- they take nine managed to, years get a, to figure it out. <laughs> like no, more.
0: exactly. Like, so I would, I'd probably go half that. Like go, yeah, four or five years. And if it's not, if it's not working after that fifth year, then yeah, no, pull the plug, get a new coach in.
1: Because so if you um, look at If you look at Richmond, Hardwick's, I think, in his 10th season, he was there for seven years, I think, before they won a flag got eight. Yeah. Similar, similar, similar entry point.
0: You can sort of see where they were building towards, though, because they never actually made – they weren't like Melbourne. They never made a prelim. Yeah, but similar –
1: They were barely even making finals. Similar entry point. It's just Goodwin was, uh, you know, was part of that. I guess you call it a changeover, so Ruse did the the hard work, I don't want to say the hard work, the hard work at the start, but they were truly, truly dreadful, and Goodwin inherited an actual team, so does he get less of a pass than Damien Hardwick because Melbourne were better when he took over, even though when he got there they were worse?
0: I would think so because like from what I could from what I can tell hard this Richmond team is all Hardwick's work it's the hard work from Hardwick. so yeah. um whereas yeah like you just said good win
1: to get that team yeah,
0: yeah but they got there and so, sort of the yeah. same with Collingwood and Buckley like a like Buckley took They're over from Mick, from Mick Moldhouse but he Inherited he wanted to t- Yeah, but they never but Collingwood are now where they are because Buckley was like no, I'm making the team that I want to make
1: Yeah, Buckley wanted his own thing
0: Yeah and it seems to to now I mean barring the last few weeks obviously but it I mean a lot of that can be cut down to injuries as well but that's a whole other story Yeah, I think
1: they've only got 22 Um, fit (laughs) points.
0: 25 I think Um, Yeah, it's crazy Yeah but I'm sure it will be 22 by the end of the by you know this time next week. Um, by the
1: by the start of the weekend, it will be 22.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Buckley knew what was going to come as soon as he inherited that list. He was going to go, all right. I need you know I'm going to refresh all of this and make it my own, and so we can have even longer success. And now it's starting to pay dividends. Hardwick inherited nothing and, is, and now has, you know, a team that's at least won a Premiership. Goodwin... No, the
1: team last year up until the second last week.
0: Exactly.
1: Mm. Um, or again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Goodwin has this team, uh, managed to get them to a prelim last year and have completely flatlined this year. If the same thing happens again in... Uh, for another couple of years then you'd have to say well no you you're a, you, you've kind of dudded this melbourne team you like they are in a much better position than they were you know before paul ruse got to them but after yeah. paul ruse but after paul ruse did what he needed to do to make melbourne a more competitive unit they haven't really gotten anywhere else they haven't taken any other extra steps like really yeah, yeah, that prelim no. was just a fluke so what so you, you, and it's the coaches, uh, the, you know, yes, you can talk about the recruiting agents and development coaches and all that, blah, 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 blah. You've but got
1: this, to have it's the buy-in.
0: The, yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got it that this, the buck stops with the senior coach, the
1: yeah. senior well, coach is it. the
0: one who sort of orchestrates it all. He, you know, he's, he's the conductor. So, yeah,
1: well, you look at um, Brendan Bolton and David Teague. Well, yeah. I was criticising Carlton because I thought Carlton just weren't any good. They're still not good. But the way David Teague's turned that club around in, what's he been seven weeks, he's already won yep. more games than Brendan Bolton. Yeah, Or he's very close to something around the same amount of games.
0: I wouldn't – well, Brendan Bolton won four games in two years and David Teague's done that in less than two months.
1: Yeah. And it's the same shit team.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or was it, like, like th- wasn't it three three games in two years or something stupid like that?
1: Th- three wins in 34 games or something, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. No, so, yeah. Nah, I, yeah, I would I say, I'd say... I'd give, say it's yeah, worth being... Him. I'd say it's... You give him a pass. He's only been there for not even three years yet.
0: Yeah.
1: And they maybe be... Ha- happened with Richmond. They finished fifth, and then they... um remember that season where they were like they finished 13th but they were right down the bottom and they saved all their winning to the end yeah but then yeah. they won the flag next year yep so it was, a ball- but that was
0: it they, they they actually started winning games at the tail end of the year which made you think okay there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel because if they yeah. are to do this yes they won't make finals this year but you can start to see that buy-in you can start to see that chemistry you can start to see the game plan really forming and Beating the teams that they yeah. should be should have been beating earlier on in the year. If they can continue that on next year, then they really are, a, you know, a, a strong team. And look what happened—they won a premiership.
1: Yeah, and Damien so, Hardwick did put a lot of that down to they. He felt they weren't comfortable. They spent so long being, you know, terrible. Yeah, that they couldn't deal with the expectations. So then, when it was oh, the season's over, all of a sudden they started winning. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. there was no pressure on them to win.
0: Yeah, but you're not you not you're still not even seeing that with Melbourne. Like they're no, not they're making just... finals not whatsoever. But no. they're still not with even with that weight of expectation off of Melbourne's shoulders because they clearly can't win with expectation. Um, even with they're that gone, be, yeah. they're still not winning. So something's and I mean, amiss.
1: And they they played well against West Coast and lost. That's sort of the rut that they're in. When you can go, oh, you know, Melbourne. Melbourne were pretty good against West Coast, but they lost.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas last year, a pretty a pretty good Melbourne was. They would lose. Yeah. But you wouldn't say it was a good a good Melbourne or a pretty good Melbourne is probably good enough to win.
0: Yeah. It will be very interesting to see what happens next year because we last year it was you know it was Brisbane who were. Really, really good, but couldn't get the wins. And this, sh- yeah, and they were the best Owen
1: nine their... team we've ever seen. And exactly, And now the they're pool. in the top four. Now they're
0: top <laughs> yeah. four. So ne- next year is is a bit of a make and break for Goodwin.
1: If he can, yeah, I think so. Rec- re-
0: oh yeah, if they can rewrite the ship, then yeah, they're back in the eight, and you know everything's yeah. flying smoothly, and we're not going to have this discussion about Goodwin again. <laughs> the same thing, ha- if the sa- if we're back where we were. This time, like still this time, where like they yeah, are. Year,
1: yeah. Yeah. then yeah, then questions
0: Double. need to be asked, and yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, we could. So, um, I've been drooling over this question. I've thought about it probably three weeks into the into the podcast. Yeah, right. But I've held off. I've held off. um, you, you, um you
0: just can't. You can't hold off anymore. You, you, you yeah, can't contain can't, it. It just needs me. to explode yeah. out to the onto the recording. Yeah.
1: I'm um I'm super keen to hear everyone's response because I'd like to get an idea of what everyone sort of what their attitude is towards footy I suppose and what they'd want to get out of a out of a career. It's a career question. Ooh. So I'm gonna rattle off two players. I'm not gonna tell you who they are. Okay. Those playing at home might know. So which career would you prefer? Player um. one. It's so number one draft pick. 336 games, 718 goals, club captain for 11 seasons, six club best and fairest, an AFL players association, oh, no, sorry, an AFL coaches association MVP, five all Australians, zero premierships. Mm. Player number two is also a number one draft pick, 61 games, 50 goals, one premiership, retired at...
0: Twenty three. Oh boy. Um I think I know I think I I think I know who player two is. I think Um, most people figured that out. (laughs) Yeah. And if it is who I think it is, uh I mean apart from the off field stuff that he had to go through. I probably wouldn't mind like it, the the key for me is premiership. You yep. play the game to win premierships. Yep. And you can have you can be the most incredible player of all time, like Gary Ablett, the se- Gary Ablett senior. Yeah.
1: The about. best player to never win a premiership.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. He never won a premiership. He never got that taste of glory. So he will he will always feel unfulfilled in his playing career because he never got that. He never got what you're supposed to be playing the game for. Yeah. Whereas someone who, yeah, only played 50, 60 games but still managed to win a premiership.
1: And that is his career honestly, cut short, cruelly.
0: I know. And that was... And that was not anything that he could control. Yep. Um. Which is which is why I say that, that that is a caveat. That barring the off-field stuff, if I didn't have to go, if if I couldn't didn't have to go through the off-field drama. No, that, that he is had to that is. Through, so that yeah. is. Yep. Dang. <laughs>
1: um, it's the exact. So that number see, two that's, that Ben's is, figured it out. A, it's Tom Boyd. Yeah. So would you rather have had Tom Boyd's career? The other player is Nick Revolt. Oh uh, one of probably in the top five best players to not want a premiership.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The
1: and you just look Grisell. at look at what he did. Seven hundred and eighteen yeah. goals. He captained his club for eleven years. He won best and fairest six times. Five all Australians and he also holds the AFL record for most marks in a C- uh, most marks ever.
0: Honestly, I'm still going to go Tom Boyd. I think I'm still going to go Tom Boyd because not only did Nick Ringwalt never taste Premiership glory, he got as close as anyone was ever going to get without (laughs) tasting Premiership glory.
1: Yeah.
0: A drawn grand final.
1: And two losses.
0: And and then lost in the replay. And then to come up against Geelong and they lost by what? A kick?
1: They lost the year before. Yeah. yeah, but not much, and then there's yeah. the draw, and then flogged.
0: He was yeah, that was as close as anyone was ever going to get, and not win a and not win a premiership. Yeah, so so I again I don't know Nick Ringwald's mindset, but I would assume that he would never feel fulfilled in his prim, in his career. Whereas Tom Boyd, I do wonder that if he hadn't have won that premiership, whether he would have been okay. To, say, to walk away from the game at age 23 still.
1: Would you, would you think, feel I fulfilled think, having, played, having won that premiership but never really getting the most out of yourself, I guess? Because you didn't have the a, greatest career on field. I obviously had a terrible career off field.
0: No, you wouldn't. But this is the thing. It's not an individual game. It's a team game. So knowing that I won a premiership with with the boys that I played with, that I played alongside, for me that holds me in good stead. Yeah. For me that says I did what most people who play this game can do not ever do. And I managed and to do it before is... and I managed to do it before I turned twenty
1: three. And arguably his team probably wouldn't have won that.
0: Won it without him. Without him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I I can I would be able to hold my head up high with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I sort of just makes you feel for Nick even more because I would probably rather bow out at 23 with the premiership, because then and you know a pretty pretty healthy bank account. Exactly,
0: you've got a healthy bank (laughs) account. Your body isn't banged up after 10 to 15 years. Yeah, it's just just mental
1: health. Yeah.
0: Exactly, and that can be are, that can be worse. You're living in the day and age now where this is this that is as treatable as it has ever been. Yes, we've still got a lot of progress to do, but it's also a it's, lot
1: easier to deal with when you're not the number one draft pick.
0: Exactly, and you're not. You know, yeah, you're not playing the game for a team based in Melbourne, so you're being scrutinized every week by everyone who is who yeah. is in the city.
1: You know, and so. He was- by a mile, the best player in his draft class when he was drafted.
0: Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I would, I would, as much as yeah, it's a, it's a career that was tragically cut, cut short, short because of me- mental health reasons. I would still feel fulfilled in that career simply because yeah, I, I won the achieved ultimate 41,
1: reason. So yeah, yeah I, I,
0: I, I, yeah, I achieved exactly what I everyone strives to achieve. Um, but no, but like a fraction of percentage ever do. Yeah. And and as well, to do it for a team that hadn't won one in 50, 60 odd years.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. You are going to be considered one of the greats for that footy team, by that footy team. Yep,
1: yeah. We'll go down in history as one of, I don't. It was a twenty. Oh, there wouldn't have been. It would have been eighteen or nineteen players when they won the first one.
0: Exactly. So we'll
1: go down as one of forty players that have won the flag for Bulldogs. Yep. Yep. So yeah, guys, that was something I was keen to hear from Ben and Nathan. So hopefully Nathan listens to the podcast and gives us his answer. Uh, if you guys want to weigh in, we'll probably chuck up the question on the Facebook page because I'm keen to see if. It's sort of a matter of leaving behind a massive individual legacy or leaving behind not much at all but winning a flag.
0: That was, <laughs> a, that was a fantastic... Like, that was the captivating of captivating
1: question. <laughs> my initial question Kudos. that I thought of... My initial uh, player I thought of was Bob Murphy versus Tom Boyd.
0: Oh, so would
1: you rather oh. be the captain of the team that won a premiership but you didn't play in it? Oh... Uh, no, that's, a, no, that's a question for another day. <laughs>
0: I mean, to be honest, that's a very easy question to uh, answer because I would like, I love Bob Murphy. Like, he is such a yeah. great personality and just all around good person. But to f- have to feel what he felt when Bulldogs actually won the premiership without him,
1: he seemed so selfless that he was going to be that happy anyway. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, that is true. That is true. Still, oh,
1: I, one of I, don't,
0: yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be able to do what he did, like, like or, or be yeah. like, have the same emotion that he did on that day. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. So that was captivating. Incredibly. <laughs> so I guess it moves us on to the redraft.
0: Indeed, the 2012 AFL cool. redraft.
1: So we'll read um, Nathan's out and we can judge him silently because he's not here.
0: Yeah. And and again, kudos to him because he actually gave us statistics for every single
1: Yeah, sort of Nathan's Nathan's logic behind who he picked, where he picked. Um, So Nathan's sort of not challenge but captivating, mini-captivating question was is anyone going to dethrone Lockie Whitfield from the number one pick? Is he the first unanimous. Have we ever picked the same number one pick in any draft?
0: We did, Buddy Franklin.
1: No, I mean, who was actually taking pick one?
0: Oh! I don't think so, no.
1: Oh, did, was Luke Hodge taking pick one? Or is that Luke Ball? Luke Hodge was, was taking pick one, and I think one of us took Hodge. I think you did. Cut. I think good. we all did, actually. I'm not sure. But anyway... Nathan's Honourable Mentions, he's <laughs> we'll made of. No have to,
0: we'll have to uh, uh, go back and listen to our podcast. Listen to our podcast. You know, we, yeah, exactly, because we do that all the time.
1: Yeah. Our honor, <laughs> Nathan's Honourable Mentions are Nick Vlostone, Tim Membry, Marty Gleason, Mark Hutchings, Cal Sinclair, and Matt Tabiner.
0: Good old Cyborg Gleason.
1: <laughs> so uh, Ben's number one pick, clearly. Uh, so pick 10. <laughs> he's gone Um, Dane Rampy. Hundred and fifty four games. He's kicked six goals from a back pocket. Awesome. All Australian twenty sixteen Swans captain and goal post climber extraordinaire.
0: Uh yeah, uh, thank you for reminding me about that.
1: <laughs> Number nine is taken the Giants Zach Williams, ninety games, twenty two goals. Uh, he's a defend uh Nathan Scott is a defender who can win his own ball in the middle. So yeah, he's sort of he plays as a defender, but he's more like a utility sort of Yeah. They throw him yeah. around wherever they need him, but he's been a huge part of that orange tsunami. Especially yeah, sure. when Nathan Wilson was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He's got another captain at number eight. There's a lot of captains in here. Ollie Wines, mm. 135 games, 61 goals. Absolute bull in the middle. Probably not his best Indeed. season this year, but since since he's been in the competition, he's been a very, very good and mm. reliable player.
0: Isn't it his uh, first season this year as co-captain, I guess you'd call it? Because if it is, that might have some understanding as to why. Also, the fact that he I got injured so. pre-season but with, via a, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, jet skiing accident, yeah, jet skiing. I think it was.
1: Mishap, so, his, yeah.
0: Pre- his, yeah, his pre-season was sort of, you know, interrupted so that he was yeah. never going to have the consistent season that he, yeah, he exactly. could have had, yeah.
1: I think this is first or second season's co-captain. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, I think it might be his second.
0: So I figured that, you know, Spokes if are going to be... no
1: longer the skipper anymore.
0: Uh, not to my knowledge, no. I think, I think...
1: Showing my Port Adelaide knowledge. I'm fairly sure it's... Um...
0: It's Ollie Wines and Tom... someone else.
1: Jo- Tommy Jonas or someone random.
0: Probably. <laughs> that sounds like uh... a Port Adelaide thing
1: to do. <laughs> Pick seven, we've got Jack Viney. Um, 115 games 31 goals perfect succinct description strong captain but injury hit because perfect. he's so strong he, he hits them himself yep. <laughs> he causes his own injuries half the time yep one of the toughest players going around at the moment in a league that well it lacks tough players because it's hard to be that kind of tough anymore mm-hmm. um She's fair because you got to be safe, but it's uh, commendable when you um, bump someone and then knock yourself out because uh, you're too tough for your own good, like you did last week. <laughs> um, pick six: Lockie Hunter, 118 games, 58 goals, 2016 Premiership. Mm-hmm. Pick five: He's got Jakey Stringer, 124 games, 219 goals, three times dogs leading goal kicker. He led the S and then goal kicking last year.
0: Um, uh, yeah, well, that was, last year was his wasn't first year 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 before. In. Nope. <laughs> uh,
1: 2015 All Australian and 2016 Premiership player. Yep. Number four, he's got Jake Lloyd, 130 games, <laughs> 28 <laughs> goals as a defender, and um, was it he? Oh, that was the other Lloyd who famously kicked the goal after the siren to beat the Swans, Sam Lloyd. Too many yeah, Lloyds. It was Sam Lloyd.
0: For, yeah, there was Sam Lloyd for for Richmond.
1: Yeah, he beat the Swans after the sign. Number three, Jack McRae, 131 games, 31 goals. 2016 premiership, 33 disposals, and he had an epic critical goal. Definitely in the top three that probably should have won the uh, Norm Smith, and none of them were Jason Johannesson, but we'll we'll move on. (laughs) I'm never going to move on, but we'll move on for now. Uh, We got Brody Grundy at number two, 126 games, 42 goals. He was the All-Australian Ruckman. One of the All-Australian Ruckmen last year, and he's arguably the best Ruckman in the comp now. Yeah. yeah. And um, Nathan has not been able to dethrone Lockie Whitfield at pick one. So he's played 120 games. He's played 50. He's played 120 games. He's kicked 51 goals. He was All-Australian last year. And... um, Nathan describes him as the new age Sean Burgoyne. Mr. Fixit.
0: I like how he's the new age new age Sean Burgoyne while Sean Burgoyne is still playing. Still playing, yeah. That's how long yeah.
1: Sean Burgoyne has been playing. What did I say we should do a draft from the nineties? Because Sean Burgoyne is the only one still playing. <laughs> yeah. Although he was drafted in two thousand, so it's close.
0: Oh, that is awfully close. He's off yeah, by no. twelve months.
1: He's still the only one playing from that draft. Yeah. That was that was was
0: when I think I think that was when Dustin Fletcher was in his thirties when Sean Burgoyne got drafted. He
1: was was in his prime. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, um, do you want to go or me?
0: Uh, no, I'll go. Um,
1: I'll make notes. We can compare with Nathan as well at the end.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I've gone a little bit different um, with my picks. Uh, Pick ten. I actually started with Lockie Hunter. Um, and pick. I'm kind of just going to speed through these, um, because a lot of what
1: Nate said sort of
0: pulls through. Yeah, pick nine. I went with I actually went with Jack McRae. Um, so a couple of Bulldogs at the start. Pick eight. I went with Mark Hutchings. Um, because I like I I rate defenders more than any other. Position and that's probably because I was a defender in my junior days, so uh, I, I like to give him some loving. Um, so with that said, pick seven I went with Nick Vloston as well. Um, very good intercept marker, um, key, big key for the why they won the 2017 premiership. Um, I
1: think the being picks, the big ginger beard sort of scares everyone away as well. Well, he uh, doesn't yeah, have anymore, but he did when they won the flag.
0: He needs to grow back then.
1: For yeah. Sure.
0: Um, pick six, I went with the Bull and Jack Viney. Um, pick five, I went with Dane Rampey. Now, this is where yeah. I get controversial. Pick, <laughs> pick four, I went with Lockie Whitfield. Um, pick above him, pick three in Joey JoJo Danaher. Oh,
1: yeah. Controversial to anyone who's listened to this podcast, in <laughs> three episodes.
0: Nah, uh, <laughs> um, but I didn't have him at pick. I didn't have him any higher because of the inju- because of his injuries. Um, so get on the park, Joe, uh, and to the m- medical staff at Essendon, could you not rush him next time, please? Um, pick two. I went with Brody Grundy. Because um, he's just so dominant, and it's more, and he's dominant for more than a season, um, unlike the other ru- dominant ruckman that we've seen in like Gorn and Goldstein and all that. Um, but pick one, uh, and it's there's no bias whatsoever. Yeah, I've gone with. Not. I've gone with the package. I have gone with the package. I'm
1: I was wondering up what that order you were going to have Danaher and um, Stringer in. I knew num- one of them would be number one. But, oh, I like to argue, but I'm not going <laughs> to.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I, thought, I thought you'd want to argue this one. Um, he's play, he's uh, played
1: one good season.
0: And it's for Essendon. Uh,
1: 2015. And then he was shit in the Premiership year.
0: It's, he's he's, doing, he's doing, actually and doing he's, really well this year. He's doing incredibly well this year.
1: He's, yeah, he's been sort of the same as Essendon sort of comes in waves. Good for a bit. Shit for a bit. Good for a bit.
0: Um, I'm still kicking it as yeah. my number one. Because, like, yeah, again, bias. And I do think that, like, it's again, it's the whole, it's the game-breaking thing. It's just, if the game is there to be won, Jake Stringer is nine times out of ten going to be the one who, who takes it and wins it. Except in the 2016
1: Um, So, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well,
0: I've, I've, I've noticed when it comes to grand finals, that it tends to be the players who uh, are your... Um, they're not, they're not going to be the elite players. I mean, apart from Dusty Martin, your top shelf players tend, like, when it's the grand final, on either team tend to sort of balance each other out, and it tends to be what your depth is like that ends up winning out in the end.
1: Yeah, but it's your best players who stand up when it matters, and I think that's what sort of separates truly elite players from very, very good players is their ability to perform in big games. And Jakey hasn't played in many. He's only played in three finals, four. So it's not like he's had a huge sample size. (laughs) Mm. True. So... Speaking of someone who plays big games and big finals, I got Nick Voston at pick ten. Cool. Um Eloyd at nine. <laughs> uh mine's remarkably similar to Nathan's, I've just realized. <laughs> uh different order. Oh gee, I've got I'm o- the one out. Who would have thought that? <laughs> I've got Ollie Wines at eight. There's, there's no West Coast. Oh, there's Hutchings, but you know, I couldn't couldn't quite fit him in at number one. So uh I got almost said Todd. Jack Viney at seven. Um, I've actually gone one, neither of you guys had, in Tommy Cleary from Port Adelaide at six. Um, yeah. To me, one of the best small defenders in the game for his size. So I like to use, sort of compare players pound for pound. Um, That's how I get away with my Alan Iverson argument anyway. <laughs> if he was six foot six, he would have been the best player anyone ever saw, but he was only six foot. Um, i got Lockie Hunter at pick. Okay.
0: I was going to say, so, you know, what, we blame his parents for how good he yes. wasn't? Damn okay.
1: genetics. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've got Lock- yeah, Lockie Hunter at pick five. I've taken uh, the man, Dane Rampey, at pick four. I had him at pick... I think I had him at pick three and then swapped him around with the next guy, Jack McRae. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I have dethroned Lockie Whitfield at pick one. I've got him at pick two. Ooh. To me, he's more than just... It's probably a compliment to say it's more than, more than just Sean Burgoyne. Um, more more than just like a Mr. Fix-It. He seems like he's just got a license to do whatever he wants. And we always talk about Stephen Canelio, Josh Kelly, Toby Green. I always talk about Toby Green. Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. And, I mean, we always talk about Lockie Whitfield as well. But I reckon when they get the team sheet out, the first name on there, is Lockie Whitfield, and they probably don't even put him in a position. They just write his name somewhere. Yeah. and, then and they, Whatever spot is left, they'll put him there, because he can play it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I reckon he's probably the best decision maker in the game, and definitely one of the best kicks in the game. And you can see him, he just runs all day. So those PEDs that he took five years ago, they've worked. Because <laughs> he's very, 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 very good. <laughs> and I've got... um my man Brodie Grundy at pick one, because I cannot go past a Ruckman and that is that good.
0: Yeah. I nearly you had him at, at pick one. Look at the
1: numbers that he throws up. I nearly up had week. him at
0: pick one, but I couldn't. I, I had to have Jake Stringer at number one. I just could, you, you
1: husband, Just look yeah. at the numbers that he throws up, and they're Dean Cox numbers. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd take Dean Cox before I'd take Brodie Grundy, but he did it for a very long time.
0: I was going to say, I mean, to be fair, Dean Cox has had a much larger career sample size than Brodie Grundy has at yeah. this moment in time.
1: So but sort give, of give it at... another
0: 10 years and we'll see what, what happens there. But
1: Yeah, Brodie Grundy is, just adds that element in the midfield that a lot of Rockman don't. Yep. He's essentially the extra midfielder. He's probably one of their best midfielders at the moment. I think he leads them in clearances. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was hard between Whitfield and Grundy, but I had to go with the guy that makes midfielders better.
0: Brody Grundy is essentially a non-injured Nick Nui. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
0: Yeah.
1: Without the, uh, what Adam Simpson calls Nick Nat intensity.
0: Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's I wonder the, if it's uh, that.
0: Started...
1: I think he said there's intensity and then there's Nick intensity.
0: I do wonder if it's, if it's that intensity that gets him injured so many times.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's only had the, well, he had the two knees and then, because they play Downs. on syndesmosis stadium. Uh, it's sort of <laughs> unavoidable at this point. But he was, was, I'd say relatively healthy, but he's always had injuries of some sort. I don't think he's ever finished a season or completed a season without an injury of some sort, but I don't think most players have. Um, sure, sure. Well, yeah. There's our redraft. We've successfully dethroned the king, and um, only Nathan took him at pick one. So Sauce, he, uh agrees with you on that one because I Nathan. think Sos was the boss at the time, and I oh, guess okay. that means we have guess we have to pick another draft now. Um,
0: uh, yeah, and considering it's been me and Nathan the last couple of weeks because you weren't here. Uh yeah. I believe you should be the the picker.
1: So what have we done? Twenty twelve? Twenty do we do twenty
0: thirteen? Uh good question. Let us find out. Mm-hmm. Um I
1: believe we did. Yes, it was Tom Boy, to- Josh Kelly, Jack killings Yeah, Jellings, yeah, yeah, yeah now we did. Um could do twenty fourteen. Oh, let's go nineteen ninety
0: nine. Oh, we're going into the nineties. Yeah.
1: Hey. Uh, yeah. Well maybe, or should we 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 talked about if we were gonna do that next year when we run out of drafts.
0: Well let's 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 not <laughs> or, be let's not, let's not be AFL A to a T. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go two thousand. We'll stay
1: in two thousand. All
0: right, yeah, no, I'll I'll take two thousand. Um, All
1: right. It is a juicy draft, so uh Nick Revolt and Justin Kozitsky went pick one mm-hmm. and two.
0: I know which one of those two I'd be picking.
1: I think it's gonna be looking at this, it's gonna be a pretty similar pick one. Uh we've got Alan dydak pick three. Make my way through, Daniel Motlop, Sean Burgoyne. Um, Ash McGrath, Scotty Thompson.
0: Alright. Hey, your fave. Actually.
1: Kane yeah, Corns. Daniel Kerr. I did not know Scott Thompson played for Melbourne. <laughs> Till just now. <laughs> Daniel Kerr, Kane Corns, the Petri dish himself.
0: Yeah. Uh, Teddy Ted Richards.
1: Richards. Yeah.
0: Sav Rock? Oh, no, that you can't I'm Sorry, my bad. My bad.
1: Adam <laughs> McPhee. Nathan's pick yeah. one, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben will have pre- Jordan man- Bannister at pick two. Maybe. Daniel Cross for the doggies.
0: Hey, Dominic. Aidan
1: Skipworth. Yeah, Dom Cassisi, port captain.
0: Amon Buckingham. Buckingham. Graham
1: Johncock. Chris Newman. Chris Newman?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, totally missed that. He's gone in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ooh, Mark Bullen. Yeah.
0: Graham Johncock. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then we work our way through the uh, rookie draft, and there's Nathan Love Damian Murray, Peveril,
0: Paul Chambers,
1: Max Rook. Are uh, you talking the
0: preseason draft or the, the rookie, rookie
1: draft? draft? David T. Yeah, no,
0: Paul Chambers in the rookie draft. Ian P- Ian Prendergast.
1: Not a not a huge. No, no, I don't think standouts. Holy crap, how did they slip to the rookie draft?
0: Dar- Darren Jolly. Darren, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I didn't know he played for Melbourne either. Melbourne got everyone in that draft.
0: <laughs> and yet they were still relatively terrible.
1: Uh, uh, Roger Hayden was in there as well. Yeah, right. So,
0: Hey, David Teague.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shane Wakeland <laughs> as well went in the normal draft. I think we totally missed him. So it's kind of juicy. Uh Mark Williams. Forgot about Mark Williams. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean i have got a pretty good idea of what my top five looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um it's probably different yeah. to yours.
1: Yeah, well surely you've got um James Davies. Pick one.
0: Yeah, sure. I know exactly who that is.
1: They they did a good job in that draft, didn't they? Ted Richards, James. Who Davis, they then ended Sam, up
0: training to Sydney. Yeah.
1: Sam Hunt, Jordan Bannister, Mark Bullen, Michael Davis. Pass. <laughs> I don't know who mate, pass is, but
0: Mate, it was it was the it was after the two thousand grand final. they were like, Yeah, nah, we're done for the next, you know, <laughs> needs, twenty years. We're fine. Yeah.
1: Who needs youths?
0: Yeah, exactly. What develop sure. like what? Um, What was it? Development and you know continual uh, success. Nah, mate, we've won it. It's fine. Yep.
1: We could. uh, I guess that brings us to an end. We successfully rambled uh, for long enough. Oh yes, Uh, we did. Tune in to the next episode, which will be going probably go go to air slightly later than this one. But you can listen to it at your leisure. It's cool. No pressure. Uh, We will go over our previews. For the next round, we are very, very much unlike Donkey Kong. Now we're in the pointy end. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we'll play everyone's second favorite game, <laughs> Brave or Stupid. First favorite game is very obviously AFL Evolution.
0: Oh, I was going to say uh, Tennis.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Tennis pretty yeah. close. Yeah. But only on PS4. Uh, so we'll see you on the other side of this quick silence, I guess.
0: Yeah. Fine. Wh- whatever, however long the silence you want to be. Enjoy the footy!
1: Yeah. Enjoy the footy.